We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg. Yes. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. TJ Hawkinson. Yes. They did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? All right, guys, welcome back to Twitter Spaces for the live show for the post game Lions and Falcons. The Lions lose this game by four points in another intense Lions and Atlanta Falcons game, man. I mean, this rivalry is coming very interesting. It's coming very intriguing with these matchups. Every matchup, it seems like when these two teams play, it's always a ball game. Doesn't matter where the teams are ranked in, you know, their respective divisions or just how they're doing around the league. The, these two teams always put up a good fight. You know, you got this year. You know, game comes down to Tim Boyle having the opportunity to win the game in the final drive. Doesn't get it done. We'll talk about that. And then you got last year. Obviously, Stafford clutches up, gets the game-winning drive versus the Falcons, and then. 2017, you have Golden Tate short by one yard, the 10-second runoff. Like th- These two teams, when they square off, always intense matchups. And I know it's like the NFL can't you know, schedule these games every year, but if that was somehow a, a tradition, I don't think fans would complain because these games are always entertaining. But let's talk about this game, specifically the Lions fall to the Atlanta Falcons 20-16 and a really good game. Uh, with Tim Boyle starting at quarterback and then making a very, very costly mistake at the end of the game, throwing a game, uh, losing interception. So uh, I got my two guys, as always, Pierre, Malcolm. How you guys feeling after this game? Um, I'm all right, man. I just that throw was just stupid. Malcolm, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good, man. Um, I. I... I thought we could have edged it out and Kayla came out with the win, but it was close. So I'm I'm good, man. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. Uh, like, it, it's the end of the season. Uh, game didn't really have much meaning behind it. Would have been nice to win a game, sure. But, you know, it, it is what it is. You had a back quarterback in there. 
I don't know. I mean, they had the opportunity to win the game. I want to start off with one specific moment because I, there's a lot of criticism going around. I've seen on social media with Twitter, Instagram, with Dan Campbell's decision to kick the field goal. You're down 13 to 20, about 240 left in the game. Let's say uh, you have all three of your timeouts. Uh, it's fourth and six inside of your inside the own Atlanta's 15. So essentially first and goal almost. I'm going to start off with you, Pierre. You're usually the analytics guy. Um, let's go for it all the time. I'm just curious. Did you agree with Dan Campbell's decision to kick the field goal there? So I actually did. And the reason why I say that is because the Lions were kind of having trouble uh, moving the ball a little. Like it would get fourth and one, fourth and one, fourth and one, fourth and six, man. Like you could see they were having trouble with third and five, third and six, fourth and six. I think you take the points and you rely on your defense. And obviously – the defense made plays. They got offense ball back and then boiled through the pick. I agree with that call. Okay. Malcolm, I'm just curious. What's your thoughts on that decision of them kicking a field goal there, making it 16-20? and 20? I personally wouldn't have been mad either way. Either way, they would have, if they would have went for it. I wouldn't have been mad if they, like, they kicked a field goal. I wasn't mad at the call at all. So there was no bad in this? Not really because you saw what happened. I mean, it worked out at the end. Now, say if um, the Falcons would have got the ball back and, you know, killed the clock and, you know, got a first down and, you know, was able to kill the clock, then we would have had a different discussion. But on their end, it worked out. I also think, like, if you had Jared Goff, maybe you go for it because Tim Boyle was missing a lot of easy throws in this game. Um, The inaccuracy showed, too, a little. So I don't I don't think Campbell wanted to risk it. I think he wanted to take the points and rely on his defense, and the defense obviously made a play. And then Boyle blew it. See, the defense made a play, obviously. Gave him an opportunity to go out and win the game because, you know, they kicked the field goal, make it a four-point game. A touchdown wins the game at that point. But I'm honestly surprised, uh, especially by Pierre. I am surprised that he's okay with that field goal because, uh, I mean, in that opportunity, if you get the field goal and then you give a first down to Atlanta, which they didn't, if you give the first down to Atlanta, the game's over because – all your timeouts are done. Two minute warning probably passed by then. The game's over at that point. So I'm a little shocked by your response that you were okay with the field goal. Yeah, the Lions were playing the run pretty well. They had three timeouts, the two minute warning. And Detroit was having trouble converting on third and six. It would always be like fourth and one, fourth and two, mm-hmm. right? So it's a smart decision. And then Boyle also was like struggling during the game. If he, if he was on point, maybe you go for it. But he was making a lot of inaccurate throws so it was the right call in my opinion the reason why i disagree with this is because let's say you don't get the turnover let's say you know let's say you get the three and out and you punt it you're then putting the offense pretty pinned back in your own zone with still needing a touchdown you don't need a field goal because you'd be down four points you would have zero timeouts obviously it ended up working out well Somewhat because they got the turnover, but they didn't cash it in. But it ended up working out because they got the turnover and they got good field position. But let's say you do get the three and out. You're then out with you're now with zero timeouts, still needing a touchdown. That's it, it, just a it's a tough call for me. I, I would have personally went for it on the fourth and six. You're inside your own fifteen. If you don't get it, okay, you you play for the three and out. You got three timeouts. And then if you get the three and out, you're giving your team a little better field position because at that point, the ball's um, in Atlanta's own 15-yard line or something like that. So you're giving yourself a better field position because even if you get the stop um, after the field goal, let's say you kick it, 
they take a touchback 25 yard line, they would be punting the ball from their own 30, their own 25, whatever, which is just the field position game is obviously more in Atlanta's favor in that way. So I, that's why I disagree um, with, with them kicking the field goal in that situation. Did it work out? Yeah, they got the turnover. So it didn't really end up harming them in that, you know, in that stance. But I don't know. I thought that was an interesting call by Dan Campbell, especially for a guy who's been really aggressive this year. I, I don't know. I, I don't agree with that one. Yeah, but Tyler, you have to look at the like the flow of the game. Tim Boyle was missing easy throws, like easy completion. But my point is and but my fourth- point is you still need the touchdown regardless. Okay, so you take the points, you stop them, you score a touchdown. But you're that's what they but try you're to pinned do. back farther if you get the three and out. But they forced the fumble, so yeah, you got the fumble, which is you got the best case scenario. I'm saying the probability was probably if you don't if you if you get a three and out, you punt it to them, and you're backed up even farther than where you originally were. That's my point. I don't know. Hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? You can go back it, and forth with this. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter at this point because that play didn't cost us it a game. It, it, it wasn't it, that that it cost us. It didn't cost the game, but that's something that could have cost you the game. You got the best case scenario. Could've, you got yeah. bailed out. Could have. Should have. Got bailed out. Not really. The defense stepped up and made yeah, a play because that bad coaching decision. You got bailed out from the bad call. You should. No, that's a great coach because if he I don't, that, I don't think he got bailed out. I would think say it was a bad I mean, coach's decision. I, bro, you could go back and forth with these fourth down calls all you want. You could debate this all day. I don't know, man. Okay, the young two go ahead and debate this all day. <laughs> I, I, I don't. No, like let's, let's just move on. From this. <laughs> I'm just messing I, with I, you, I just, man. I but don't know, man. That just, it didn't make sense to it, me. It, it didn't cost us. It worked out. I have nothing to say about it. Now, like I said, if this was something that backfired on them. Yeah, this would have been in discussion we could have talked about. But it didn't. It didn't do anything. But it could have. It worked out just the way Dan Campbell drew it up. It worked It worked out just the way Dan Campbell drew it up. That's what he wanted. He wanted to kick the field goal and get a stop. And that's what they did. But my point is you didn't. You got a turnover, which is way better than just a stop. If you get a punt, you're pinned farther. All right, why are we blaming this on that, bro? It's on Boyle. Like, why it we're, is. We're not. It, it we're, is, but that's a bad coaching mistake. That's a bad coaching decision. I disagree with that. I'm just telling you. I, I don't think that's a good call. I don't think that's a good call at all. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah. Again, it didn't cost them, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it. It worked out in their favor. If it was something that was different, it would have been talking. It would be something to talk about, but we could have, we should have we won this game. You know, Tim Boyle threw a, <laughs> a very bad interception. Yeah, no. that cost us. No, the game. I mean, obviously, yeah, that's what cost you the game. Ultimately, was Tim Boyle throwing the interception. I mean, Dan Campbell, he got off the break because he got the turnover. So, like th- that decision didn't end up meaning anything, uh, in you know, in the big picture. But in that specific moment, I did not agree with the call. But uh, yeah, Tim Boyle. Overall, what you guys think of the game by him? Um, but Tyler, before I get into that, what's interesting though is like the past few weeks, AG's defense has made plays when they need them, right? Like last week, they threw the was it a fumble or a, it was a fumble that Amani Worry gets gets that pick, right? Today on third down, they force a fumble. Like this team is just coached different. They're coached well than the previous Lions teams. We're like, oh, here we go, Lions are about to fold. They screwed up not going for it. No, that didn't happen today. They forced the fumble. They had a chance to win. Then obviously Boyle threw that pick. Yeah, it's a lot of credit to Jalen Reeves Maven. Made a hell of a play. Uh, 
punched that ball out. Who who did he punch it from? Was it? Uh, I don't remember who he punched it from, but it was a hell of a play by Jalen Gage. Was it Russell it was, Gage? It was, was Justin Gage? Russell, Russell yeah. Gage, yeah. Yeah, that was a hell of a play by Jalen. He's maybe, and he's one. Yeah. He's one of those guys, man. Where he's been playing really, really well since getting yep. you know a lot more opportunity as a starter at linebacker. And you know, you had no Alex Anzalone today. You had no Josh Woods today. But Jalen Jalen maybe did not lose a step at all playing with some pretty inexperienced guys on the other side of him, if that's Derek Barnes, if it was Anthony Pittman, where, you know, they did a lot of rotation over there. But Jalen Reese Maven is just Mr. Consistent, man. Yeah, he is. Um, so uh, what did I want to talk about? No, so I asked you the question about Tim Boyles. What was your guys' thoughts on Tim Boyles' overall performance of the day today? I thought he was up <laughs> missed a lot of easy throws. Um more down than up, probably, right? That's who I feel about him. He's a backup quarterback. I don't think he's a starter in this league. Um, I thought at one point maybe they maybe switched to Blau just of the easy throws he was missing, but they didn't. You th- he showed off his arm a little, right? That nice throw to St. Brown. He zipped it in there. If he, like, if he didn't zip that end, it probably would have been a pick. So he had a couple nice throws in there, but overall inconsistencies up and down, more down than up, oh, and ultimately lost to the game. You thought there was a you yeah. thought there was a point where they would put Blau in there. There was like he missed this really easy throw to Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Like it was and same like they were both wide open and I don't know who the hell he threw it to. He threw it to like no one. Are you talking about are you talking um, about that one in the end zone? The one that was a back shoulder throw. It seems like the timing was off on that. Not that one, but that one should have been complete. I'm talking about the one. I think you're talking about the first sound, like third and four, third and five, or something like that. You where they were both going on a crossing route, and they were both wide open. Josh Reynolds was like literally wide yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And Boyle just like, I don't know what the hell he did. And there was also like a lot of passes that were thrown really high, too. So, yeah. I mean, he's exactly what we thought, what we thought he was. Yep. You know, he was really inaccurate. On a lot of his throws, you know, he's a backup. That's just who he is. Does Tim Boyle ever – do you think Tim Boyle has the intangibles to win a football game in the NFL? To win a football game? He should have won this game. So you don't think he has the intangibles to win a football game? <laughs> Are you talking about the same by himself? Like, I'm just lining, saying. Lining up the scoreboard? No, I'm or? just saying. Does he have the intangibles to win a football game in any circumstance? Like, yeah, bro. If, like, you run – for example, who was it the other day? I had like four passes and they won a football game. Who had? What was it? Uh, my, my dog, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. And I believe Carson Wentz also had like 12 passes or something to one week. Like you could win a football game, but it's not an ideal way to win a football game, though. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't, no, I'm not, I don't think you go into there thinking like he has to carry the team. What happens? The team has to play well around and he has to play somewhat solid. And that's how you win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they almost won today, right? He just threw that stupid throw at the end. Yeah. Yeah, with with the situation that we were in, you gotta look at you know all the injuries that we have, and this dude, right. and we still almost won. Yeah, so I mean, it was interesting. You know, I I agree with Pierre. I think it was an up and down game for you know Timmy B, TB twelve, whatever you like to call him. But um... don't call him that. Don't call him that. <laughs> God damn it! No, 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 no. Don't do it. No, I'm not calling him that anymore. I'm not calling him that. No more TB twelve. For Tommy, no, for, for Timmy, let's, let's no. put that in a box. Let's just put the whole TB twelve thing in a box and There's just even not just close Boyle. it up, not open it up ever again. Just leave it alone. No Timmy Boyle, man. TB twelve. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the last we'll ever see of him. 
<laughs> I don't think we'll have to worry about watching him again as a Lions quarterback. You know, I think he'll probably get Jared Goff back next week versus the Seahawks. And then he got one more game versus the Packers, unless any injuries happen. I, I think we're probably done with Tim Boyle. I don't expect an extension or a renew of a contract for Tim Boyle. So it's probably the last you've seen of uh, Tim Boyle in a Lions uniform. And, you know, final impression, I guess. That that was the final impression, the interception. <laughs> that was the final uh, impression you'll get of Tim Boyle probably in a Lions uniform as him the starting. That player. was a really bad. That was a really bad interception, bro. They had man, and also that false start. Like I've never seen a quarterback have a false start like that. He didn't even have a ball in his hand. He just went back. Like, what are you doing, dude? They had a good drive going too. I mean, they were getting first downs and. You know, they had the draw play to Jamal Williams, which kind of surprised me a little bit just with the time being, but it didn't really end up mattering because they had a little more time than I think I initially, you know, when they ran the play, I was a little shocked by it. But then I'm like, yeah, they got time. They still got time out left. So, um, end of the day, you're going to still be taking shots in the end zone. You had a good opportunity to cash in. You, you had really good field position. Um, and, you know, they, they gave a pass to Tom Kennedy. He got a couple of yards, which I was shocked to see him in crunch time. But the Lions, at the end of the day, looked like they had a legitimate opportunity to win the game. And, you know, if also Tim Boyle making a, a, a very bad pass right into the linebacker and game-sealing interception, and the Falcons won the game. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, but overall, like, I think this is a type of game you kind of want to see by the Lions. Like, it's a game that they fought hard with a bunch of backups, a bunch of guys missing from this team. I think end of the season, these are the type of games you want to see. Like, I had one coaching mistake that I had throughout the whole game. Everything else I thought was really perfectly coached by the coaching staff, by Campbell and, and Aaron Glenn. Um, th- these are the type of games I want to see. Like, maybe you don't finish them, but they, they were aggressive. They took shots. You know, they, they tried to win the game. It wasn't like last time when Tim Boyle was out there where they essentially gave him no shots to even try to win a game. Where in this game, you know, they, they let him throw the ball. You know, they let him throw the ball a little deep. You know, they, they, they gave him the opportunity. And maybe he didn't take advantage of every opportunity. I'm not expecting him to because he's a backup quarterback at the end of the day. I don't have much expectations for him. But I this is the type of games I wanted to see. Don't lose because of your coaching staff. And, you know, maybe the, the miss error call I, I didn't agree with. Other than that, you know, I don't think they lost this game because of the coaching staff. And that's what I want to see. I thought they had a great game plan. We talked about this, controlling the clock. They had two drives where they had the ball more than seven minutes, and then the, like, that drive before the fumble, they had the ball for 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. controlled the clock like we talked about, kept Atlanta's offense on the sidelines, but they just couldn't um, finish it off. Great game plan. Yeah, I mean, de- yeah. defensively, offensively, yeah, it was a good game plan either way. I mean, both sides of the ball, I thought they did a j- good job. Maybe players didn't execute on everything, but overall, you know, th- th- this is a team that I think has a lot of potential. And you see with the coaching staff just down the line is like now when you add good players, it's like oh, okay, wh- what could we do now with these good players? And you see it now in, in early stages of rebuild. That's that's really good signs, and that's what I want to see throughout the season. You know, be competitive in all these games, give yourself a shot every single week. And I think especially the last month or so, I, I think we've we've seen a lot of that from this Lions team. Yeah, we've seen a lot of improvement with the young guys. I mean, they had practice squads starting again. 
unfortunately, now the Lions might have to look for a tight end because they only have one on the roster, Brock Wright. The other two are hurt. Uh, How bad is Brock Brock um, Wright's injury? He didn't get. You mean James Ostra? He got carted off the field. So oh yeah, Ostra. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but when someone gets carted off the field, it's pretty bad. Hopefully, it's not as bad, but we'll see. And then uh, Kabinda, I think it's probably they said it was a knee injury, right? I mean, I don't know if they bring him back for these final two games or just rest him up. We'll see. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, overall though, I mean, guys stepped up to the opportunity when called upon, and another good week for Craig Reynolds. Yeah, he played solid. Yeah. Craig Reynolds played solid, solid today. I'm more impressed with Amal Ross St. Brown, man. Me too, man. Amal Ross St. Brown. Yeah. That dude's becoming a star, man. He's looking like he's looking like the guy who I thought he was when when I, when we drafted him. And I was like, yo, I'm 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 hyping this guy up. Um when we drafted him, I he's looking like the guy who I thought he who that he would be. Yeah, no, he is how many receptions do they have to him? I'm trying to find this thing's not loading, but overall, he had at least eight, nine catches in this game for this Lions team. Um, yeah, he's coming really comfortable with you know any any quarterback that's out there. If it's Boyle, you've seen it with Golf the last couple of weeks. That's a good sign, man, because Amonra is obviously a rookie. You want to see progression from these young guys, and you're you're seeing that right now. I mean, Amonra looks like a legitimate weapon going down the line. You know, he's a guy that you could count on to start games for you when you're good or. Even next year, he could be your number one, or you know, he could be one of your outside guys. He could be one of your slot guys. I think he's a dual threat where you could put him in either spot, and it's a really good sign. You could even put him in the backfield a little bit. We've seen a little of the, a bit of that from Dan Campbell lining him up in the backfield in some certain packages. I mean, he's he's a really good football player for this team, man. Yeah, he had nine catches for ninety-one yards, Tyler. That's really wow. good, man. And a touchdown. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Right, and a touchdown. He also had, like, I believe a couple of rushes, a couple of nice rushes, too. But um, Yeah, he actually did have two carries. Yeah, I mean, the run game had another solid day. Jamal Williams, 19 carries, 77 yards, 4.1 average, pretty solid. I mean, that, that just good stuff, man. Good stuff all around. You didn't win the game, but you're seeing signs where, you know, you could take away – in the film room, just as a fan overall, you could just take away some good signs going forward. And that's what I want to see this year. And I didn't really care about the wins and losses. And that's exactly what I got away from this football game. And I'll take this game any day of the week in the rebuilding year, especially year one. You know, when, when we get games like the Bears game, when we get games like the, the Pittsburgh game and uh, the Browns game, that's when I'm going to be pissed off. And that's when I'm going to have criticism. But I can't criticize a game like this outside of one decision. That's the only criticism I have towards this game. Yeah, so I do have an update like about the draft pick. Um, the Jags did not convert on fourth and once. They still had the number one pick. Oof, I was just keeping up with that game. Yeah, they were on the one-yard line too. Yep. Ouch. So, uh, so, yeah. so right now – So, what, we're, we're at number two? So, yeah, as far as draft position, you stay at number two right now. Yeah, the Texans. I mean, the Texans destroyed the uh, – the, the Chargers. Chargers. So, it looks, it, looks like, it looks like you pretty much locked up a top two pick. And uh, uh, yeah, in these, looks like in it. these last two games, you got two games left. Houston's got four wins. You're at two, unless you win out and Houston loses out, which I mean, we'll see if that happens. I don't know if the Lions went out, but um, yeah. So it looks like the Lions have pretty much guaranteed themselves a top two pick, which pretty much guarantees you most likely, assuming they like these guys, at least one of Kavadon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. I've mentioned it multiple times. I don't think either one's a consolation prize of whoever goes number one. Whoever you get number two, I don't think it's a consolation prize. 
I wouldn't say it's a lock yet, but um, I think it's pretty much a lock. It's not a lock, but it's pretty much a lock. (laughs) Yeah, because the Lions will have to win out, and for them to do that, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know they play the Packers. They play Packers. um, Week seventeen, the last game. Oh, week eighteen. No. Seattle next week, which I mean, Russell Wilson and those receivers—they're pretty dangerous. And then they have Green Bay the following week. Yeah, and playing in Seattle is a tough environment, which we'll, you know, yeah. you know, we'll get into that obviously next week. But yeah, now that's I don't know. You pretty much like the top two pick, assuming the Lions don't go do anything crazy and win two games, which I guess you can't count out with this team. I mean, they've done some spectacular stuff already, and almost won one today. But you know, for I think the team draft, team tank, whatever you like to call it, you know, I, I think you pretty much like yourself a top two pick, which. That's good stuff for a rebuild too. Right. All right. Do you do you have um Yeah, I really have nothing to talk about this game. Let's get some people's perspective on the game. Yeah, let's go. Anybody want to come up? Share your opinions on the game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I guess that is a no. No. Okay. Wait. Wait, no, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What up, what up, can y'all hear me? Yes, we can. What is happening, Anonymous, man? What's going on? Oh, I got a request, too. Okay. Yo, so I'm What's in... up, Anonymous? How you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. We're doing good, bro. What's going so, on? So I missed most of the game. I was only able to check out the fourth quarter. So I didn't really see the flow of the game. But when I saw it in the fourth quarter and just checking out the stats here and there, and it, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Like, there's no reason to feel upset about losing this game. This is the exact outcome that I won. You know, this this team, I think Tyler said a couple of times, they didn't lose because of coaching. They didn't lose because of lack of effort. They lost because of talent. 
playing a backup quarterback in the final seconds while you're in the red zone and throws an interception. So I'm I'm not I don't want to say I'm team tank, but I want that first round pick or at least the second round. And here's why they. I mean, they're in position to get maybe three first-round talents in this draft. And this is a team that's devoid of talent. You know, obviously, top two pick. You get the Rams' first pick towards the end of the draft. And then the first first two picks in the second round is basically another first-round talent pick. So they have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of damage, and I prefer that they stay around that top edge of the draft. Because with, with what I'm seeing, I think this culture is actually changing. I think outside players that's going to be free agents going to notice this. And I think that um, these young players are are going to have that going forward for the rest of their careers as well. I think this is setting this team up for future success, man. I'm, I can't wait the next few years. I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man, because I earlier in the year, I didn't think that we'll be able to draw free agents in the off season because we're losing, we're losing bad. And it was, everything was looking bad. And if that would have continued, say we would have went on, you know, old 16 and one and not won a game, which, you know, midway, we kind of, everybody was like, okay, they didn't think Detroit Lions could win a game at that point. If that would have continued, I I didn't see a way of us drawing any free agents um, to Detroit, but the way they looked these past few weeks, I honestly think that Detroit has a chance to pull in and to pull in some of these free agents and and make a big signing um in the offseason. Yeah. You think you think this offseason? I I honestly think they this offseason they could probably bring some people in, man. Well, if you I mean the way the way this culture is looking and the way, you know, they're seeing this coaching staff and the way they have these guys who practice squad guys just playing their playing with, you know, playing with everything. You know, the way they're seeing these guys how they're playing, I do think they could bring in they could make a big signing. I agree. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to to see what that if they even want to do that. Like, do they want to be attaching long term contracts right now? I, I don't know if the Lions want to do that right now. I, what I, I, don't what know. I mean by that, I mean like Michael Gallup. I, I, honestly, oh, I didn't okay. think we had a chance to sign a Michael Gallup. Okay, that's because how different. bad they were uh, how bad they were playing. Okay. Um, I didn't think. You know, they're going to be able to draw names because you're seeing how the like the players were seeing how the coaching staff was and they're not winning. So they're like, why would I come to Detroit? You know, this is a team who's rebuilding and they're not even showing any sign of success yeah. that there's any light at the end of the tunnel. But what they're doing now, I think they do have a shot. I'd bring yeah. it in like a Michael Gallup. And, and let's not forget, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I want to build this team off of high priced free agents, but. But you need to have a good stable of free agents to to complement your draft picks, you know. Because right, I mean, we look at look at the Packers. You know, without having good free agents, man, they stink. They should have won two or three Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers, and and they're still trying to get it done. You know, the the biggest free agent they had was Charles Woodson, and he ended up putting on you know defensive MVP. You know, so I'm not saying throw the bank in, you know. You know, just get rid of your cap space on signing big name guys, but you need to have some talented veterans to complement those uh, rookies. No, and I'm yeah, just, I'm absolutely like the Lions went after Anzalone, uh, Charles Harris. Who else am I missing? I'm missing someone else. Damn it! But anyway, receivers, agents, right? Those guys are contributing. You don't necessarily have to like bring in like you don't have to like throw a lot of money. Just find guys who fit your scheme, who fit your team. 
and guys who can contribute. That's what it's about. Like just because you went free agency doesn't mean you win the you win football games. Because the Lions right. a few years ago, they spent a ton of money on Trey Flowers, Justin Coleman, and Jesse James. And man, it seems like those signings worked out. <laughs> Trash. That was the biggest waste of money ever, bro. Yeah. Jesse James. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. It was a waste of money because they drafted TJ Hawkinson, which I, 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 didn't make sense. They paid. They paid Jesse James. They paid what? TJ Hawkinson. What he? Who's getting like seven, eight million dollars a year? I think it was around six. Six to catch five passes. <laughs> to dr- and, and and then to draft the tight end with the eighth pick. Like that just doesn't make sense. You, you spend dumbest. money, but, but but then you draft the tight end. I like I I don't know. I don't understand that. Was that was the dumbest thing. Go on, see, okay, uh, see, okay, but like you got me well, bring, you got me thinking about the past right now, man. Yeah. But like, hey, but hey, like when you don't mentioned Golden Tate was a free agent too, though, so you know it. it Marvin, yeah, but that was, uh, yeah, yeah, that, was, no, that mean, was many, many, many years ago. <laughs> I just like when I think of big time free agents, I'm thinking of guys like Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Chandler Jones. Like I don't think those guys are coming to Detroit. But like if you mentioned no. like middle middle tier free agents like Michael Gallup, yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's very possible. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing. Like earlier in the year, in the year, like midway, I didn't think we had a shot to get any of those guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it, I sure. I mean, it was it was bad earlier in the year. I mean, it was downright. It was hard, awful. You know, and then it was. you know, you know, Dan Campbell, you know, he was starting to become a caricature because, you know, he he, get, he his press conferences. We all know, we all know what he said. The type of guy he is, and his venti coffee and all that. But he was kind of starting to become yeah. a little bit of a joke and a caricature. But I think he's kind of changing it around the perception of him, and it's and and now it's like okay, this is a player's coach. This is the type of guy that leads a football team. So I think people are going to be interested in at least talking to him and seeing what they got to offer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. but. I mean, I I've never was like under the impression by any means. Like even when things were south, I, I never thought like middle free agents wouldn't be interested in Detroit. I think money talks at the end of the day. I think oh. if if the Lions offered Michael Gallup a nice contract, like the best contract that any team could have offered him, I, I think he would have came here regardless, even with how bad things were at some point of the season. You know, money talks. It doesn't matter how bad the scenario is, honestly, in the NFL, it seems like. But, um, yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. No. And let me, let me tell you why I say I don't know. Because if Jared Goff was still playing the way he was in the beginning of the year, okay, now you're looking at Jer- you're looking at Michael Gallup. If I was his agent, I'll tell him no. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you're gonna get your big contract, but then that your quarterback is Jared Goff, and oh, you see the yeah. way he was playing. So if I was his agent, I'll tell him no. You know, for for a couple more million, you know, just go some for a couple less millions, go somewhere else. Yeah, have a great year, get another big contract, and then then you, then you're good to go. But Jared Goff is playing at a level that's like okay, if if a wide receiver did want to come here, he he could have success. Yeah, so you got to look at you got to look at everything, man. You got to look at everything. The way they were playing mid mid season, it was all it was downright terrible. It was awful. <laughs> I was questioning. It was downright. I was questioning the everything. worst football, the, one of the worst football I've ever seen in my life. You know, also we have to like also bring up like you had Matt Nelson in there too. That affects the quarterback, right? You have Taylor Decker back, Penesuel. Those guys are kind of like your future people. Well, they're what you have right now: left tackle, right tackle, great pieces. Penay's probably going to be an All Pro soon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this this is what I was saying because I know in the beginning everybody was like it's Jared Goff it's Jared Goff's fault why this offense is terrible it's Jared Goff's fault and I kept saying calm down it is a mixture of everything 
It is the offensive line. It's the receivers. It's a it's a play calling. It's a it's your golf. It's a mixture of everything. Yeah, but it looks like they figured it out. You get Amon Rossi Brown more involved. You strip Anthony Lynn from his duties. You get the running game more involved, and there's your offense. Run the ball off the running game. Get your play action and passing game going. Your O line's better. Your receivers are better, and your quarterback will play better. And you're also having better play calls. And that's yeah. And you have, yeah and that, that was literally all I was asking for. You have a run game, just grow on it, and and use the passing game as more of a as a weapon and make it make it something not predictable because man that middle of the season after that bye week that was terrible it was terrible <laughs> that that was a mixture of a lot of things though that was like golf was hurt Boyle was hurt uh, bad weather outside you had Miles Garrett you had TJ Watt I mean it was, a, it was a lot a lot of it was on the coaching staff Dan Campbell calling plays for the first time man that was terrible that was yeah. <laughs> that was bad that was a bad football we that we went through man but. I think he learned from it. You know, he he definitely did learn from it. Yeah. For and sure. and look what kind of football we have now, man. Yeah. yeah you're, this is the brand of football you want to see earlier in the it's year. Entertaining. It wasn't entertaining yeah. earlier in the year. This is actually entertaining now. You're like, okay, we're fighting hard. We have a chance. Sometimes it could be boring those long drives, but you appreciate them because it's keeping the other offense off the field. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, when we're – Calling draws in third and thirty when we're on the midfield, having an opportunity for a field goal. That I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> that, that, that's bad football. Yeah, that was that was that was bad football. <laughs> Anonymous, you have anything else, man? Well, I do have one question, and and then I could go on y'all. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you guys think uh, the future should be of the wide receiver position? And I ask this with a few things in mind. Uh, obviously, Reynolds is coming along strong. We know I'm I'm in Ross St. Brown. You guys already talked about him looking like a beast. Cephas still has mm. talent he's building on when he comes healthy. But then mm. when you look at this, though, this is a really deep draft and free agency class in wide receivers. They're going to have options. Um, so I'm going to leave that here mm. and let you guys talk about that because I think this wide receiver position could be either totally switched coming in next year or they can build on the guys they have and just add a few different pieces to complement who's already here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you mentioned a good free agency class, a good draft class. For me, I think you, you build it on a, off of Monra. Uh, he's part of your core at somewhat, if that's a slot, outside, whatever, probably the slot. Um, and I look at free agency, I'm looking at a big outside receiver who's having a pretty nice year. Injuries have been a little concerned in his career, but – a guy like Mike Williams, I think, is really, really intriguing to be on the outside of a big six three, six four, maybe even six five option. He's he's tall, um, and then maybe go go out and draft one. I think that would be a really ideal receiving core. Maybe Adam bring Robinson. back a guy. Yeah, that's possible too. Uh, I don't know if he would. If yeah, I mean that's possible. Yeah, he's like a middle tier free agent, free agent. So I think that's possible. So let's go free agent Amon Ra, and we'll go a draft pick because we have a lot of draft capital. I would. Mm. Um, I'd bring back Josh Reynolds. He shouldn't cost much, and he wants to be here. I'd also sign like a mid-tier to high-end guy, and I draft one with the Rams pick or the second-round pick. Mm. Make it a strength, man. Make your offense yeah. a strength. Make look and, at the they're close. Look at the Buccaneers. Look at the Rams yeah. when they're healthy. You you gotta like be firing on all cylinders. You can't just be satisfied because one of those guys goes down. Yeah, like if, if St. Brown goes down or if. Like, for example, Allen Robinson goes on his own team. You're screwed. Mm-hmm. Bring in depth, bring in some talent, load up on the wide receiver position, and go for it, man. Yeah. 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 And so, 
I mean, if if it goes like you guys saying it in the offseason, though, if they bring in a receiver, draft a receiver, how how do you see this team next year? Because at that point, our offense might be kind of dangerous, even with Jared Goff at quarterback. It's a better offense, definitely, with the with the solid receiving core for sure. And I think it's definitely a more watchable team, more intriguing team um, as far as, you know, a threat of winning football games. I think it's an interesting team. I, I, I don't know how – I think the defense still needs some work. I know that you're getting, you're getting a good product from the defense. I still think the defense needs some more dogs and more talent. I think that's why 23 is the year where I really aim at it, where they could really address every hole they have on this team. Or wait, most wait a minute. So, so, so even if they get the number number one or number two pick, and we have that edge rusher with Romeo coming back, you yeah. still, you still, you still think of defense will be? Nah, I think our defense will be fine, man. Malcolm, it's you fine. gotta remember Achilles, bro, and a rookie. Like you're kind of, it takes time for some. And you and you want these rookies yeah. developed too. It's not like you know, it's still a rookie. It's still a rookie. You know, they still need to yeah. develop the whole class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So I say twenty three is the year where. If everything goes well, I think that's that's the big picture I'm looking at. 22 is a more competitive product. Maybe you can win seven games, six games, eight games, something around that ballpark. I think that'd be a good range for the Lions if they could have a good offseason and you know have a, pr- a productive year. I think that would be a really good scenario. And the 23 is when I think you could you know take the next step and maybe think in bigger picture. All yeah, right. I'm kind of with Tyler. Like I'm expecting 23, but I wouldn't be surprised if like next year they're like, you know what, man. But let's try to like go for this a little. Like not all in, but let's see what we could do. I mean, I there's mean, seven could... there's seven teams in the playoffs now. So I mean the right. this, this way I look at it, man. Look how look how much their defense like the, the coaching staff is making an impact on this team. Yeah. So if they're able to bring in talent, I don't see why not they won't be able to compete. Not I'm not saying for like a Super Bowl or nothing. But that's but... what I'm telling you. I'm saying they're gonna compete. I just don't think they're a playoff. Like a, a playoff contending team i'll just say well you look at your division right the vite i mean the there was reports today that Managi could be out and it looks like zimmer could potentially be out so you're looking at potential like two rebuilds two retools from the bears and vikings and we don't really know what's going on with Rodgers. seems like he's happy in green bay yeah he's happy we don't know if that man is eating cheese uh, we don't know if Devontae adams will be back in green bay so there, there's a lot to watch for in the offseason with the nfc north yeah, Rogers is there. I don't see Devontae Adams going anywhere. But anonymous, man. Uh, thanks a lot, man. I'm going to bring up another speaker. Let's bring up Cam. And Cam is a Cam is a dude that's actually on Blue Wire Hustle. He he actually actually did a pod with him before. Um, okay. What's up, okay. Cam? You so Cam uh-huh. still there? You're muted. Cam. Oh, yo, Malcolm. Oh, Cam. How's it going, man? What's going on, man? How you doing, yeah, bro? Pierre, Tyler, is uh, it's good to meet you guys. Nice to meet yeah, you, brother. Yeah, me and Malcolm, um, we did a podcast a few weeks ago, so I know all about him. You know, seems like no, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So I just want, yeah. Man. Well, first of all, um, you guys and everybody listening, I just want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody. Of course, it's a good guy, you, man. man. Look at him, man. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Look at okay. him, man. And I'll, thank, thanks, oh, thanks, no Cam. Problem. No problem. I also got to address something that I said to uh, Malcolm. I need to put some respect on um, Jalen Reeves, um, Maven's name now, because uh, he's been he's been doing doing well the past few weeks. Um, and he had a big play for forcing that fumble. So I just want to put my um, respect out there to Maven. I um, I haven't been that high on this season. I have thought that um, 
you know, the way Derek Barnes has been playing, I thought he should be getting more snaps. But seeing how Maeve has been doing, um, I'm, I'm kind of backtracking on a little bit. So what do you guys think about that? Yeah, man, he played his best game yes last week, and then today he made a big play. So he's a great he's great on special teams. This is a guy you want in your locker room. He's also a captain too. Yeah, and I, I said this last week he's been on our he's been on this team for the past five years. Right, he's been on this roster for the past five years, and our old guys didn't use this guy once on defense. This is ridiculous. This is what I always ridiculous. want. To, this is what I always want to see out of Jalen Reese Maven. I was starting to like buy out a little of him in the preseason when I saw him at linebacker. I'm like, ah, did I was I spewing a bad narrative that I think Jalen Reese Maven should be playing defense? But now I'm back. I'm back in. You know, and uh, he's he's proving my point right again. So I'm really happy to see this guy ball out. I was happy to see that we resigned him last year because um, I, I knew he had a lot of potential defensively, but then. It's like when you saw it in the preseason, I'm like, damn, what, are, what is going on? And now you're seeing, I think, a really good version of Jalen Reese Maven. And I hope, I really hope he does get another contract. I really like him as a player, man. He's a really good special teams ace. And you're seeing his talent defensively too, man. He, he has potential both ways. This is a guy you want to build. Th- th- this is another one. You know how you talk about Cordell Patterson just being a football player? Jalen Reese Maven's a football player, man. That's a guy I want on my football team for sure. He's a captain. That's a guy, that's a guy that will never be a star player on a team, but he's just one of those good role players that you need on your team, especially in the game of football. And I love a guy like Jalen Reese maven I'm with you, yeah. Tyler. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, he's good. I don't know if he's going to be able to do all the same things that uh, Cordell Patterson is doing on, on the football field, but... <laughs> Absolutely yeah, not. But... <laughs> but, yeah, he, he he's he's great, man. He's great for yeah, us. Yeah, right especially now. for how... Yeah kind of lacking we've been at linebacker we've really needed some help over there and he's really shown out this year so it's just great to see him you know just playing well this year because it's been rough um for him i guess so yeah also i don't know if you guys talked about it earlier amara st brown is really showing out especially the past few weeks Woo! like this week nine receptions 91 yards touchdown breaking ankles like this receiving core especially st brown is really starting to look a lot more solid later in the year. And I think that's also helping out our quarterback. So what do y'all think about that too? St. Brown's a stud. Uh, St. Brown. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was hoping before the season, cause there was a lot of question marks at that receiving core. You know, you came into the season with Tyrell Williams and you brought a Brashad pyramid in the off season. And then you had some young guys and experienced guys. Amon Ra being a rookie, obviously hasn't had a snap at that point. And then, Quintez Cephas was pretty young, pretty raw, just really hasn't shown much that time. And something I always kept bringing up is like, I just want to see one of these guys step up. And for the first two months or so, it's like, man, we're not getting any productions out of any of these guys. And I'm like, we need one guy just to step up. And, you know, and as a late, it's been Amon Ross since they brought in Josh Reynolds from waivers. He's been really good for them. And that's just a really good sign because it was really concerning earlier in the year. It's like, man, we don't have one fucking receiver <laughs> who could step up in a game. And, you know, now you're finally seeing it. It's better late than never. And I'm glad it's coming from, you know, the rookie and a guy that we have the most control of years-wise in contract. And I'm, I'm glad he's the one that's stepping up the most. Yeah, I remember the beginning of the year yeah. when we had Tyrell Williams and Quintess Cephas and, and Perriman in the preseason. That was Khalif Raymond was like our number. Khalif Raymond was our number one guy, man. 
Yeah, yep. good good times. Never happened, but good times. Terrible times. <laughs> times I never want. Times I never want to go back. To. You know, but you know what though? I actually, I actually hope you know wish that Cephas never got never oh, got yeah. hurt. I think Cephas could have had a really big year this year if he would have stayed healthy. Well, he was being that guy that we like. We said we wanted just one guy to step up. He was kind of the guy. It was a little inconsistent, but he was definitely the most consistent out of the group. And then everyone else was just, you know, to be to be nice, shit. They were all shit. No one was <laughs> stepping up. Um, you know, and it, it was at a point where once Cephas went out, it was the Khalif Raymond show, and it's like Khalif Raymond is my number one receiver. Kind of, it was kind of like the Khalif Raymond. I mean, he was he made like plays and then go invisible, then make plays and then go invisible. Well, because yeah. that's what Khalif Raymond is. He's not supposed to be your number one guy. <laughs> so now they see him as a gadget, which is interesting. And that's what he's supposed to be. That, that, yep. That's what, when you sign a Khalif Raymond. That's what you you expect him to be. You use him on special right. teams and you use him as a gadget guy. There should never be a situation where Khalif Raymond's a starting outside receiver in the league. Never, never. And that's what we I'm have not, for a I'm good eight weeks, nine weeks, maybe more. I mean, there was talks that the Lions were like potentially trading for a wide receiver. That's how bad the wide receivers' room was for a rebuilding team that needs all the draft picks that they could have. They were right. thinking about trading for a receiver because it was that damn bad. Good so. thing they didn't, and they ended up landing Josh Reynolds from waivers, off waivers, and Amon Ross St. Brown kind of just started to show up a little more. Exactly. So, yeah, it ended up being, I guess, a good story at the end of the. At the end of the day, which I want to talk about one other rookie. Obviously, Panay Sua, we already know he's a mm-hmm. baller, but man, Aleem McNeil, I thought he played great today. Yeah, yeah, he did. He played really he played really good today. He got his he got like his first legit sack where he actually like, you know, beat the offensive lineman and then just got to the quarterback. Because the last one, his first sack was in Denver, as his like first career sack, but it was more of a coverage sack because um no one was getting open downfield. But this one was where he actually caused the sack and that's something you want to see. And you don't really expect to see much of that because of his role. But when you see it, it's really nice. Nice see it. It's a nice see it. sight. His, yeah. his sack dance is hilarious to me. It makes me <laughs> laugh when, when he does it. Sack dances, <laughs> sack dances scare me, man, after, after Stephen Tulloch. Especially for the big boys. <laughs> like, he, he, like, he does like this, this rub on the face on his helmet. And then like, <laughs> he, he rubs his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. You know, Sag Dance is scared. Ever since 2014 and Tolik got hurt from that stupid jump. Oh, Tyler, don't remind Tyler, me. Tyler, stop. Oh, don't, Tyler. He did like a little discount double check that Rodgers ends up turning. Tyler, we're not, we're not just talking about anything. that this time. I'll come cut this out later yeah. on. We're not doing this, Tyler. Cut the footage. I'm we're just saying. We're not going to talk about any injuries, Tyler. Matter of fact, Tyler, you're not talking about any injuries. You're, you're done. You're done with I'm, injuries, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you know, we better not see no damn discount double checks from these big boys. I don't want to see any of that. All right. Well, oh. All right. Well, yeah. Cam, one more thing. Um, oh, wait. You got a question? Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. I just want to say uh, one more thing, and this is kind of kind of weird. So I'm a big like uniforms guy. I like like seeing what teams wear, and I really like this combo with the all white and then the Falcons with their retros. So like, it's just the best like uni combo we've seen this year. Ooh, great question, Cam. Because I I love looking at uniforms. It's my like, that's my first thing I always look at every single week. What uniforms are wearing? And Malcolm doesn't give a shit. He's like, I, I told him, oh man, at least like, when we lose, I'm like, I'm like, at least I'm like, I'm like, at least the lines were wearing the blue pants. And he goes, 
He goes, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't even notice it until the end of the game. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I didn't even notice yeah, what's it. The, what's, the, what's, the, what's the score? Did we win or did we lose? I'm not yeah, worried about the damn pants. No, but I, I am a big uniform advocate, and you got to look at the, the combo. I always I always tell my friends, like, before a game starts, I'm like, oh, this is a good uniform matchup. This is a shitty uniform matchup. Um, overall, with the yeah, you know, I always look at the stadium that that they play in too, and this was a beautiful stadium that they're playing in, so it looks really good on TV. The all whites really were were popping out today in, in that in that stadium today. So I can't think of another game that I really enjoyed the uniforms that I did today. So I I think I am in agreement with you that this is probably the best uniform combo that we had all season for the Lions and for the Lions. Yeah, yeah, the all whites for Man, Christmas. I got to be honest. I don't remember the uniform combos. I thought the unis we had today were nice, but I don't really like. No, I don't really yeah. care about no combos. Yeah. Peer, I was pissed on me. Thanksgiving though that they weren't wearing the Thanksgiving unis because those oh, are one that, yeah. that pissed me off. Yeah, that that was upsetting. Cam, um, before you head off, I know you have your podcast. You're with Blue Wire Hustle. Yeah. Plug yourself out there, man, because you do have a Detroit podcast and. I know you talk about Detroit sports, so yeah, plug oh, your, podca- man. your podcast, Look man. Look Malcolm. I was just here trying to be a fan. I wasn't trying to you know, plug anything, but you know what? Well, good looking out. So anybody listening, I do have a podcast with Blue Wire Hustle. It is called Motor City Revival. I cover uh, all four teams that are basically in the same rebuilding state. So just to you know, try to cover them, you know, um, take a journey of um, – you know, what they're doing, how they're rebuilding. You know, it, it looked kind of dim for the Lions, but we're really starting to see the light of this season, you know, getting those wins and really being competitive in, uh, in these games uh, has been great. So uh, if anybody's interested, check me out. And uh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, right, so, so, yeah, so if you guys are sick of me, talk about the Tigers because I know you guys don't give a shit about when I talk about the Tigers on here. Go listen to Cam if you guys are actually interested in the Tigers for a whole Wait, podcast. wait, wait. The Tigers are actually, like <laughs> – out of all the teams, I think the Tigers probably have the best chance to like really make that next step. So people should definitely take advantage of that. I don't know. Stop bullying Tyler about that because he's actually right. Yeah, Cam. <laughs> Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Cam. From a different perspective, <laughs> that you guys should all watch the Tigers. Thank all right. You. Can I get your uh, Javier Bias takes first before I leave? <laughs> Javier Bias. Oh, <laughs> uh, really quick, really quick, because I don't want to get too off track. Because I could talk, I could talk for days. But. Good signing for the Tigers. They filled in with the position with the top five shortstop of the position. Would have liked Correa, but glad they paid money toward the top five shortstop of the market. So I'm happy about that. All right. There you go. All right. Thanks, Cam. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot, Cam. Thanks, Cam. Okay. I think with that, I think we're probably done. Yeah, I think that's it. Yep. Okay. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed this live show of the Lions Falcons post game show. Uh, we'll be back yep. to, we're going to be talking about the game more in, in depth tomorrow. Um, yep. So look at, look for that on your guys' wherever podcast feed you guys listen to uh, sometime this week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. So look out for that. And with that yep. being said, I'm out guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'm out. Peace. Yep. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>